Father, we thank you for the songs that have been sung. We thank you for the prayers that have been prayed. We thank you for an opportunity to worship you in giving. We thank you for the chance to celebrate fathers today and to also celebrate just how good you have been to us throughout this week. We just ask that your word that we declare today will fall upon the good soil of our hearts and will grow thereby. We thank you and we honor you for it all. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We are into our into our excuse me into our special message for today, which is Father's Day. And we discover that God really wants parents to teach and model his ways so that the children will grow to be his people and stay away from paths of destruction. And we want to celebrate the fact that God has provided us with directions in order to do that. With that being said, let's talk about our first definition, our only definition for today is a father. A father is a male parent who has biologically contributed to the conception of a child. However, the definition of a father can also extend beyond biological ties to include individuals who assume the role of a parent providing guidance, care, and support to a child regardless of biological relationship. That's a long definition, but I'm, I wanted to make sure we covered all aspects like we did with the mothers. I have three sets of, of, of scriptures I want us to look at today. So if you have your pencil and paper ready to write those down, it's going to be Psalm 78 verses 5 through 8, Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9, and 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 7. Psalm 78, starting at verse 5, these are all in the English Standard Version. It says, He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach to their children, that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to their children, so that they should set their hopes in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments, and that they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. Let's jump over to Deuteronomy 6. Verse number 6 through 9, it says, and these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontless between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. 2 Timothy 2, verses 1 through 7. 
You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he completes, uh, competes according to the rules. It is a hard-working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. We ask that it will fall upon the good soul of our hearts in Jesus' name. The first question that I have today as we talk about Father's Day is a question that can be answered no matter what. My first question for today is, what did your father teach you? What did your father teach you? Some will say he wasn't around so he didn't teach me anything. But in the mental health field, we'll, we can reflect and say he may have taught you how to be abandoned. He may have taught you how to not trust. He may have taught you how to not be a person that depended on others and not to trust others. My point is that because of the position that God has place fathers in, they have a different level of influence or a different type of influence than the mother. Their influence actually has a reflection in the spiritual discourse of every human being because even as we address God, the heavenly father, and sometimes the heavenly father gets juxtaposed or placed against the earthly father and our reflection of how God is going to treat us is also reflected in how we were treated by our earthly father. Now fathers may not think that they're teaching their children anything, but everything you do Everything you say or don't say has a teachable point in it. Your word is your bond. Your actions are your representative. Your speech is what makes you or validates your name. We have to desire, we have to look at how our father's ability or inability has affected us to the point whereby we are now taking on some of the characteristics of our father's conduct. It is very significant to me as I was thinking about this how even if you don't think about legacy, you still create legacy. Right. 
Legacy is an inherent part of what God has created in mankind. As we saw in our scriptures we just read, God is saying do these things and teach your children so that it can affect your children's children in every generation. So we have to realize that some of us as fathers and some of us as mentors may need to go before the Lord and ask for forgiveness because we did not follow the lesson plan. That as a teacher, we did not listen to the guidance of the principal and we did not do what is required so that we can produce students that reflect our academic endeavor. There are some who have taken up the mantle and, and attempted as, a, as to come in and be those substitute teachers in order to be there to cause a level of education, but in the back of the mind of the students is, where is my teacher? Where is the person that's supposed to teach me. And then we have societal influences that will come in and say that because you don't have this example to the point that you believe that you need them, then we will be your family. As we look around throughout this nation and throughout this world, we see that most of the gang activity is based upon the absence of a father. I'm not coming with a guilt trip. That's not my purpose. My purpose is for us to look at how influential we are. And even if we don't want to be, it don't matter. It is what it is. And if it is what it is because it is, then we have to do what is needed in order to get the result that we believe is the best result. So we cannot say that teaching the next generation is just an option. But we should stay in that same area and change from option to obligation. It is a duty that we have, a, a duty that has been given to us as a covenant, covenant, covenantial, yeah, covenantial responsibility by the Lord himself. If you go back to Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter, he tells us even this. He says, you shall teach them diligently to your children. What shall you teach? You shall teach them the words that I commanded you today, which are in your heart. Right. So if, the, if this is true, then this validates where Jesus says, out of the abundance of your heart, yes, your mouth will speak. So if I am not speaking life, then that means I have death in my heart. And if I have death in my heart, that means I need to have a resurrection in my heart. 
So fathers, I'm calling for us today to a point of let us get into the position that is necessary for us to lead our family. Now, I know those of you that were watching the videos was like, how many videos we're going to watch today? And that last video was the most significant video to me. If you notice, it didn't have any words. All it had was a thunderstorm going on, and you saw this coat being driven back and forth, going through all these things, and in the end, you realized that it was a representation of the responsibility of a father. My wife, as she, we were sitting there watching, she just kept saying, that, that's a father, protector, protector, protector. Now, some of us will say, I, my, my, my wife and I don't get along, and so I have to be separate from her, but that still does not take away from your ability to be a protector. Yeah. The ability to be a protector is to provide uh, an environment whereby we can make our children and even our wife that we may be having issues with feel that I am there and I am for them all. Right. That is our responsibility. Our responsibility also is not to make it about us, but to sacrifice ourselves in order that everyone will feel and know the love of God. That happens to be in Ephesians. Because if we do it the way God says it will get the results that God has declared and we will affect our legacy to a point that it will go in a direction that God has declared for us. There is a responsibility for us to teach our children the ways of the Lord. There is a responsibility for us to teach our children the way of life. It is a responsibility for us to teach our children how to survive and live in this world. Bless you two times. It is our responsibility. And if you notice, I keep using that same word over and over again. It is the thing that God has placed upon us to do. Now, I want us to also understand that it is not just the weight itself of the responsibility that I'm talking about is about us allowing who and what is around us to assist us in our responsibility. We have complicated this in such a way that because we, most men, a whole lot of men, a whole bunch of a lot of men need healing also that it becomes very difficult some days to provide healing when you're also feeling wounded. 
It gets to a point where you say, I'm putting out all this, but what about me? That is why the enemy has told us that we have to do it all ourselves. But I want to just encourage every man, every father, every mentor, every uncle, everyone that you should have some men that you can fall in on that will provoke you to righteousness. You should have a woman, I would say your wife, who will speak life into you so that you will conduct yourself in a way that will bring God's glory to the relationship. The complication had come, came up in my mind that when we were not an industrialized nation, it was easier for a father to influence his family because his family was with him every day, all day. But as we have transitioned into this industrialized nation, now dad goes to a location away from the family. The family now goes to the babysitting service, I mean the school system, and they are separate, but on the farm, when they were on the farm, everybody was working together to make things happen. And so now there's a disconnect in compared to what it was. So we have to take advantage of the time that we have. Because now, but don't write me on this. Because back in, in the days it was when the, the, everybody was on the farm doing this. And then when we started going into the industrialized environment, the mother stayed home and raised the kids. The dad went out to the factory and made the money and brought the money home for the family to share. I think that's why, in my mind, why it's so important for a family at the end of the day to all sit around the table and eat dinner together. Because I think it's a time for us just to get opportunity to reconnect. But now we, we, we have come to a spot where dad's not home and now situations have come up where now we need more income and dad can't work uh, three jobs so we need to have mom work a job. Some moms, are, some moms and dads are working two jobs and so the children are raising themselves and there was a, a TV show that came on a long time ago called The Boob Tube, talking about the television and how it was making everybody dumb because all the stuff on there was dumb. And I remember uh, one of my favorite uh, TV shows was The Three Stooges. And now, Yolanda and I were dating at the time. She said, I just don't like that show because they just keep hitting on everybody. And, and, and I was just like, but it's, it's, it's funny. But it wasn't funny. But I started thinking about how, how many kids were not having that kind of dialogue and they're poking each other in the eyes and slapping each other upside their head and doing all these things that are not causing them to have a godly personality or a godly love towards one another. 
And so now, even though we're in that situation, the children still have built into them this, this uh, uh, video recorder where they're watching and recording everything that their father does, how he interacts with people, how he talks pe to people, how he treats people, how he treats the siblings and all this other stuff. And they're recording this and they're using this in order to establish how they're going to live their life going forward. So I'm not saying that it's all the man's fault. There are some contributing factors, but I'm saying if we recognize what the factors are that are contributing to this that is causing problems, we need to face it, we need to trace it, and then we need to erase it, remove it, reframe it, so that we can go in a direction that will bring God's glory. We can observe and we can learn from the mistakes of others. I heard a, heard a young guy say, he said, uh, somebody, uh, uh, the commercial was the fact, he said, I don't have to try drugs. He said, folks are asked, telling me that because I haven't tried drugs, I should not say don't try drugs. He said, I ain't never saw my fingers off, but I, but I know not to hold a saw the wrong way. So sometimes we can learn from the mistake of others the direction in how to do things. If y'all have heard of the guy by the name of Warren Buffett, he says the best way to learn how to invest your money is to look at other people's mistakes. Don't use your money to find out mistakes. We have to find our place, our niche in how we want our generation to go forward. I believe we're at a point now where every decision we make has this ripple effect that is long lasting and, and it's going to go from generation to generation and we have to position ourselves if sometimes it's even against the current curve, the current, the present current movement. Because we understand how, going forward, how important it is for our children to understand and know what is going ahead. That's why it's important that we have to teach our past, to teach an understanding of our past so that we know how to go forward. Because I believe that sometimes that those past mistakes will show up because we have not overcome them properly. There was a movie um, that uh, I watched before, and I, I think it's, it's very, very pertinent to this. It's called Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. And I know y'all may not have seen this. It's a little Disney movie. And, but what happened was Shang-Chi's dad got his mind all messed up and 
he was trying to rescue his wife. But as it is going on, he even became an enemy to his son and his daughter. In the end, though, we found out that he was being deceived. And in the end, as the father was dying or being, uh, being killed, he realized the, the wrongness of what he had done. And in that same manner, sometimes we can get so locked into a way to doing things that we don't, we don't realize that we're going in a direction that is not producing an environment that the Spirit of God can come in and repair us. We get so locked into ourselves and what we want, we forget about everything around us and the ripple effects that we cause. And so I want to... End with this today, this little statement. Father, beyond everything you do for your family, remember that you model a way of life that can reveal the gospel in a powerful way. And that revelation often involves self-sacrifice. That's what we were designed for. That's why God gave us the responsibility. But most of all, that's why God comes alongside us and assists us along the journey as long as we listen to his voice and hear what he has to say. Fathers, I just want to encourage you. I know my, my way of encouragement doesn't really sound all happy and joyful because I believe that in order for us to lead, sometimes that we have to go through the storm while we're protecting everybody else and allowing God to speak to us in the midst of the storm so that he can provide us direction in order to lead. Now, with that being said, if, if you today, if you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, Today is as good a day as any in order to do that. And the Bible says it like this. It says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. The Bible also says that with the heart one believes and is justified. And with the mouth one confesses and is saved. The Bible also says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. What is this saved? What is it? It means to be rescued. It means to be delivered. And what you're being delivered and rescued from is the penalty of sin. The penalty of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And we want that for you. We want you to make that decision. And because of that, we don't want you to think that this is an individual event, but this is a team sport. And so when you make that decision, we want you to contact us no matter where you are in the world. You can contact us at info at godshousecc.com or you can text us at 864 
920-0100. Let us know you made that decision. We will come alongside you and assist you along this journey. Because we believe that it is well worth you doing that. Let us know and we'll come alongside you. Well, friends and family, that's my very exciting and encouraging Father's Day message for today. It is all that if you listen to what I said. Because God wants us to be the pebble that causes reflect, I mean ripples that will affect generations for his glory. And that's what we want to do. Till next week, we'll be starting a, next, a new series. Our new series is going to be called Buzzwords. It's words we say in the church, and half of us don't even know what we're saying. But we're just going to work on that a little bit, all right? So next week, we're going to start off our first episode of Buzzwords, and we'll get into that. All right? Until next week, God's blessings be upon you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen.